Welcome to the Matrix Care Podcast from the software leaders for out-of-hospital and long-term care providers. Matrix Care is dedicated to sharing knowledge and building awareness among providers across the spectrum, from home care to skilled nursing to senior living and life plan communities. Our topics focus on industry-specific trends or a specific technology that is shaping our industry. We hope to educate and entertain along the way. We're glad you joined us today. My name is Dr. Bohr, Director of Enterprise Interoperability at Matrix Care, and today we're going to listen in on a conversation between Naveen Gupta, Vice President, Home Care Solutions for Matrix Care, and his special guest, Jay Rittenberg, President of Caring Home Care. Uh, It's going to be a fun visit about a topic that has kind of been of angst and gnashing of teeth, right, Naveen? Electronic visit verification. Uh, and we're going to talk about the benefits and pitfalls. Naveen, all yours. Thank you, Doc. Uh, thank you always for helping host these podcasts. Jay, I uh, want to welcome you. Thank you very much for, for making time for us. Um, I still remember uh, meeting you for the very first time. It was right here in our offices, and it was perhaps maybe the first week since I took on this new business. And uh, not only was it clearly evident that you were passionate about all things, you know, private duty, but you really cared for the industry. So I'm super excited to, to have you. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it, and I look forward to this. So, um, yes, it's been, a, it's been a long haul um, uh, since our meeting uh, back a year and a half ago, and uh, we've learned a lot since then. So um, I'm very excited to share that with you. Yeah. You know, Jay, so we will talk about EVV, you know, clearly, you know, you've been in the, you know, forefront of, of everything that's really happened. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, uh, I'm sure our audience and, and folks, you know, we don't normally, you know, really get into to digging in, but it's the, the, the genesis of how you got in to uh, caring home care, the origin of it, you know, and just telling us more information about it. I would love to just hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, interesting story. Uh, so we, we, we were in the pharmacy industry um, for, for many, many years. Um, and I've been in this uh, healthcare industry for about 30 years. And as we developed our uh, retail pharmacy presence, we ended up getting into um, home infusion therapy and, and wound care management. Mm-hmm. And we found that there was a real need for uh, nursing, a nursing component to add to those services. So we went out and acquired a uh, small uh, agency called Caring Associates. Okay. And um, as we developed that, we we found that there was additional needs other than the skilled service side. We ended up uh, finding that people really needed the private duty care. And so we decided to open up uh, a nurse registry called Caring Home Care which is um, predominantly uh, our focus today. And we operate in South Florida. We have three offices um, there, and we do have one office up in the Orlando metropolitan area. And our core focus really is the um, Florida Medicaid space, so LTSS, um, is our focus, and of course, all the other elements around that, inclusive of of the um, private private duty care and private pay sector. So, Excellent. in a nutshell, so, that's really where we are. And how, how how long ago was this? So the the um, 
Well, Caring Home Care is a 17-year-old company, so we've uh, developed the process. We've developed our relationships over uh, a span of 17 years, but the focus of managed Medicaid has been um, adopted uh, around, um, I guess, 2012 when uh, Florida uh, privatized the uh, Medicaid uh, space from the state to, uh, you know, other um, private health insurances. Got it. Um, so, um, you know, EVV, so that's the 21st Century Cures Act, and, um, you know, so it was, I, I believe it was signed into law, you know, December of 2016, and every state uh, really had a mandate to, uh, has a mandate, rather, to, to implement it for the personal care services, and I know the original date was January 1st, 2019, and then got subsequently moved to January, January 1st, 2020, however, uh, different payers within the states also have their own dates, and so I know it, it adds uh, a little bit of, of confusion there. And uh, primarily, um, you know, in its simplest form, um, it's a it's a form of um, control measure, quality control measure. And uh, you know, we are collecting, uh, I believe, five or six very you know sort of pertinent information in terms of the type of service, uh, the individual receiving the service, the date, uh, the location, the individual that provides the service, and just recording the time the service ends and, and begin. So, uh, Jay, I know you are very intimately aware of this, and um, you know, so as a provider, um, why is this? challenging and you know what are some of the things that providers may not necessarily be thinking of when they think of implementing this that's a good question so it's been a, a lengthy um, process uh, again going back to a year and a half when uh, we've got the notification that EVV was going to be part of uh, the um, private duty care, and uh, as you alluded to, uh, there's been postponements on when the actual rollout was going to happen. So uh, it, it gave us a chance to really understand uh, what we needed to do as a company, uh, the relationships with the health plans, what their requirements were, and then, um, of course, um, really working with the aggregators in the state of Florida. So there was two, or there is two, I should say, and each is unique in their style of um, their offerings and um, how you form those relationships with them. But I, I think what people really need to understand is um, there's, there's an inherent um, disconnect between what the aggregator, and, and I'm speaking really for the state of Florida, what the aggregator was set out to do, which was to aggregate the data and, and provide it to the, the health plans. Yes. Um, but what has happened is we really encountered um, a situation where the aggregators were actually coming in and saying, you know, we have a, a solution for the provider. So they'll have their own um, scheduling system uh, that uh, was really competing with uh, agency management software companies like Matrix Care. And, and I think, the approach we took was we're, we weren't willing to sacrifice the quality. We weren't really, really sacrificing uh, redeveloping our whole systems because the aggregators wanted us to use their system for, I guess, ease of use. Uh, we, so we really decided that we were going to take a head-on approach and 
develop um, processes and systems with the existing software, which was Matrix Care. And uh, to that point, we did uh, encounter some challenges, which is really how are we going to roll this out to our caregivers, which are pinnacle to us because we can't be in business without them. Right. How are they going to adopt to the technology, which is, is in most cases, they weren't really using anything but a paper timesheet. And uh, we were, you know, engaging in how we're going to um, get them to change their mindset from this, you know, handwritten timesheet to the actual uh, use of a, a mobile app. So um, we, we've gotten to this point today where, where uh, the, the provider really needs to think about, you know, what's the investment in people? How are you going to um, expedite the rollout to meet the mandate? And then how are you going to work with the aggregators? How are you going to uh, process your, um, your claims through some means of testing to make sure that they're accurate and that uh, the provider, the aggregator, and the MCO are all talking the same language? Right. So it's been a challenge, but we're, I think we're really headed. Uh, we know we're going to meet the goal by uh, the Florida mandate, which is October 1, um, but not without a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah, for 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 sure that it has taken quite a bit to get here, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And I think the key thing that you've you pointed out, Jay, is as providers that they need to be clear about you know what approach they will take. Now, as you mentioned, um, there's a possibility of using solutions from the aggregators. There are other folks that are pitching some free options, uh, but the key is. Um, EVV is one part of a complete AMS, and um, you said at West, you know, in order to satisfy the EVV mandate, a provider does not need to make the choice of letting go of a solution that they've implemented, particularly with uh, the benefits that they have with the agency management software, things like payroll and scheduling and and other things uh, like that. So, I think that is. Uh, key uh, with the with the decision making there, and I think um, Jay, I know you've been um, uh, helping us with regards to thinking through offline capabilities and some of the other requirements that were there. And um, you know, I, I'd love to just hear from you a little bit about uh, how has that gone. Now I know we've uh, released on both Android and iOS, and you've helped pilot some of that. Maybe you know you can share a little bit about the experience with that. Yeah, sure. We're, we're, first, I have to say um, that we're really pleased by how Matrix Care has embraced the, uh, the challenge, which is, you know, how do we uh, onboard a, um, a mobile app that doesn't exist? Uh, some of the competition may have uh, had that, but I think you recognized and, and the entire corporation recognized that in order to be competitive, you had to have a full solution to effectively compete in this market. And uh, to that point, um, we have worked closely with Matrix Care's team to obviously pilot um, the Android and the iOS and the, the development and through that process, we learned a lot and I know that uh, it's invaluable information uh, that uh, your team has provided, uh, I think 
really the industry. Uh, the, the situation that we were currently in, where we didn't really have the means to have uh, the um, information uh, without uh, a network um, capability or not having in these rural areas, we didn't have the ability to have real-time information yes. was a little was a little bit difficult for us. And I think by embracing uh, the this app and developing it um, and having it come to fruition, um, I think is the a real benefit for all Matrix Care users. Uh, excellent, Jay. Thank you. Um, you know, just going back to uh, sort of the freedom of choice uh, for providers. Um, and, and I know we could, you could sort of zoom back out a little bit at the state level. And they, I know there are open models and closed models, et cetera. Um, but in, in an ideal world, um, you know, what would the implementation of the EVV models look like that ensure the greatest freedom or choice for everyone involved? Well, those are those have been again challenging questions, and I think we we've really took a, a bird's eye view and said, you know, what's going to work best for providers, really in the state of Florida, who who adopted this open model. Um, it it gave us the opportunity to work with companies like Matrix Care to say that, you know, this is working for us. We 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 spent you know a year and a half uh, with another uh, um, agency software uh, that that we were using, and by adopting uh, Matrix Care, it took uh, an entire process, an entire team to learn it. So we weren't willing to take the risk of starting all over with somebody else. And by having an open model, we were really able to keep uh, the the you know Matrix Care in our back pocket. But I think uh, really the, the key to all of this is, is the aggregators. And it's really just to make sure that, um, that whatever state you're operating in, that you have choice whether or not you want to adopt to whatever they're offering yes. or you're going to stick with your, with your uh, current um, uh, software. And I think most people got blindsided by the fact that these aggregators were out there marketing that you had to use their solution. And um, in Florida, we have this open model and we were very vocal about that. We said, this isn't right. You, you're, you're telling people or sending the message that you can only use um, you know, that particular software and uh, we called it to the state's attention. And finally, you know, they backed down on their marketing and we were able to go ahead and pursue um, the current software, which is Matrix Care. And we're pleased that we've done that. And I think for all providers, they need to understand that they have choice. If you're in an open model state, you have choice to use whatever and whoever you want as long as they meet the requirements of the aggregator, and that's important. So all the integration, uh, all their versions that they want those software vendors to meet um, and the criteria to meet um, would be, I, I would think, the sticking point. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, Jay, I, I think you said it well. And, you know, I think, um, you know, we obviously have a relationship with the aggregators, not only in Florida, but in other states as well. And uh, I, it seemed like it took time to really get everyone on the same page and uh, with different groups meeting together and, you know, really coming to a solution. That I, and what it has evolved into now is uh, clearly that, um, you know, we're in, we're in a much better place, both from a from a provider perspective, the providers understand they have choices, the working with the aggregators, the frameworks that they are setting up, work with providers on one end and payers on the other end, and also as technology vendors, um, that we're able to really uh, provide the same ecosystem for our clients and ensure that the regulatory burden is on us in the sense that we are able to help our providers meet the, the EVV mandate. So uh, I'm really pleased with how things have, have evolved over um, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe the last eight eight uh, to twelve months or so. Jay, I'd like I, to. I can't wait. I can't disagree with that. I think they that uh, Matrix Care really has um, demonstrated that they they are serious about uh, their involvement in EVV, and I I, I have to hand it to you. Um, you guys have done a great job. Really. Thank you. Jay, one of the things, I want to pivot a little bit. Uh, one of the things, again, you've been a very close influencer for us uh, from the perspective of helping us not only just with requirements and understanding some of the regulatory challenges, but you steered us towards the partnership for Medicaid. Um, and that's been crucial for us in terms of helping us understand better and getting plugged in. Um, but as I got to sort of interact with you a little bit more, um, I began to understand that your passion, you know, f you know, not only just for your organization, but larger with the uh, providers in the area as well. And so just curious, I know it's very expensive in one sense to be part of that partnership. What motivates you to really care for the providers and the industry? Um, and, you know, just what, sort of what is that driving force that motivates you? Well, I think it, you know, it stems back to um, any organization that is facing some new challenges. And you know, this is uh, just another layer that um, can have the propensity to be uh, difficult. And I think when you're on the bottom and you, you get the opportunity to start from the bottom with uh, this new challenge, and from my experience, especially through this, we, we found that most providers really didn't understand it and didn't really embrace this, this new EVV. And we were fortunate enough to know uh, back in 2012 and 2013, I would say, there was, there was, there was uh, let, let's just say they tried to adopt EVV in the early stages back in, uh, I'm going to say 13, 14, but and it failed miserably. And I think some people in Florida, some of the providers in Florida remember that and, and to try to, to, to come to sense that this didn't work then, how is it going to work today? Um, so being a voice of the providers and really getting into the, the root of what the challenges were, I felt compelled to um, at least find out uh, the information uh, try to talk to other providers about what those challenges are going to be, how to instill those processes. So I, I've always tried to be an industry leader, but also to um, help 
in the fact that we aren't just singular here. We're acting yes. as a group and we all have to band together. We're all in it for one thing, which is to take care of these clients and to make sure that we're all doing the same thing. If you're, if we're not talking the same language to the aggregators or the MCOs, um, then we're sending different messages as a group. And um, I think we just need to talk in one voice. And that's really why um, I've been so passionate about participating and getting involved in trying to help others. You know, and I think that's served, that served the region well. It's, um, it's served us as your partner. And, you know, I just want to thank you for, for continuing to do that. Um, you know, uh, so with the EVV, clearly, you know, in part, it was to reduce fraud, waste, and abuse of the Medicaid system. It's a, it's a tool that ensures that patients are receiving the services to which they are entitled. And uh, so there's a great motivation there. Uh, for the listener um, that, that might be, um, you know, listening to this podcast, uh, curious, they have probably found us you know, through search of EVV on, on our Matrix Care blog and uh, podcast. Um, and um, they may be in Florida, which obviously, you know, the dates are looming. They may be in other states that, you know, the, the, the dates are a little further away. Um, if, if you were to sort of just lay it down a little bit systematically to say, you know, if you haven't paid attention, you know, here are the few things. Um, you should be thinking about and, um, you know, from not only just the technology, but caregiver training, um, you know, working with the aggregators, working with the peers. I know you've gone through a lot of this and there's some other um, betas and pilots that you're part of. For the ones that have sort of had their head buried in the sand and not really entirely paid attention, what sort of counsel would you, would you offer them, Jay? Well, remember, so I look at this as logistics of people. So we send packages all the time, right? And we're tracking those packages. So we are really tracking um, logistics and we're tracking our caregivers to make sure that they are at the right place at the right time. And I think what this does is it creates the efficiency for uh, the the company and it creates efficiencies for your caregivers and of course it delivers uh, optimal service for the the uh, the client and I think what people need to remember is that this this layer this aggregation of the data now um, really is something that you have to work backwards towards to say that if I'm going to send this information, what are the tools and resources I need to do and what's the investment in those tools and resources? And so remember that when you're um, engaging in the, whether it's your agency management software or the aggregator, you have to be clear that you read agreements and you understand those agreements be, uh, on, uh, with those aggregators. That's number one. Yes. Um, and very important. Number two, um, I, I would say that or you need to make sure that you're, you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's. And I say this from a claims processing standpoint because we're going through a, a claims testing even today with two aggregators and seven or eight months into it, there's still information that they don't have correct. 
And we have four locations. So one being that if you have multiple locations, you want to make sure that your NPI numbers are correct for each location. You want to make sure your taxonomy numbers are correct. You want to make sure that you have um, uh, the information that the MCOs currently have on you are up to date and accurate. And it's these little things that can cause a delay in an actual rollout. And I think people need to understand if you aren't starting your process today, if you aren't investing in your people to manage your EVV system, which I can tell you is the most important part of the delivery of that information to your um, caregivers and yes. monitoring of, of the caregivers. But you also want to make sure that um, you get to a point where you're testing your claims data months in advance. And we're, we're almost completed with that testing, and we're confident by October 1 we're going to be ready. But it is new for um, one aggregator. It's not new for another. But even so, it takes time to figure out the problems and issues because you have so many moving parts. And I just say to um, all my fellow providers, you really need to take the time to evaluate your situation today and don't wait to the last minute to roll this out. It will take you several months. Thank you, Jay. You know, and I know in part uh, the, t the testing that you're doing will, will sort of ease the the burden for others because the, the, the sort of the wiring or the interoperability between these different systems, uh, you know, hopefully would have been fleshed out. But, um, you know, and I think the other piece is to pay attention to the letters that these payers are sending as well because they lay out the, the requirements and, you know, including your technology partner in this, um, you know, most AMS systems uh, will be will be compliant, obviously, you know, along with, um, you know, meeting the, the sort of the, the, the financial and operational aspects, you know, also the regulatory aspects of EBB. So um, thank you very much, Jay. Uh, really grateful for the work that you're doing in our area, the, the influence that you have on, um, you know, sort of communicating and helping us understand and fellow providers understand the regulatory aspects and sort of just shaping uh, what's really happening in our industry. So thank you again, Jay. Thank you for having me, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to work with Matrix Care, and I, I think that uh, we're on to really bigger and better things, so thank you. Thank you both, Naveen and Jay. It was a good discussion. Uh, Jay, thank you for being willing to share the insights you have on this very uh, uh, new and very important topic. That concludes today's episode of the Matrix Care Podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.matrixcare.com for more information on our podcasts and products and services. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us feedback on iTunes to let us know everything or wherever you get your podcast from everything from uh, how to improve the podcast to future topics that you'd like to see discussed. On behalf of Matrix Care and today's guest, thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back for another episode of the Matrix Care Podcast.